Hello, writers! This is a podcast about NaNoWriMo, where we get you ready for November. I'm Christina Horner. I'm Liz Leo. And this is How to Win NaNo. As a reminder, Christina and I are not actually affiliated with NaNoWriMo in any way. We've just won a lot. All right, so for this episode, I hear we have another listener question. We do. It's been very exciting to have so many listener questions this year. I think it helped that I went right into our Discord and was like, yo, what do you want us <laughs> to talk about this year? And people had so many suggestions. So this one is from Knight underscore uh, thank you for sending in your question. Um, the question was, if you have any tips for winning Nano as a new mum. I had to say it like that because it was M-U-M. Um, <laughs> I love but, it. Uh, they said those tips would be greatly appreciated. Her baby will be three months at the start of November. Um, I know. And I'm pretty sure Max was... August, September, October. Yeah. Yeah, like it was like three, three, months, three, four, three months, four months. Three, four months, yeah. My first Nano as a parent. So I feel like this is a... A question near and dear to me, but I also wanted to expand it because obviously not everyone has a three-month-old. Um, so this is going to be an episode about um, NaNoWriMo and caregiving. So this mm-hmm. is tips for parents, carers, guardians, anyone who finds themselves um, in the care of or caring for children yes. um, of any age in November because it definitely... It definitely changes the experience a little bit. Yeah, um, and not just children, but I know there's people who have to care for their parents. There's elder care. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's all sorts of care that people give for often family members or close, you know, close friends. And so I think in general, I've heard from a lot of people who are caregivers that it can be very difficult to get time to themselves to do the things they want to do. So I'm really interested to hear what perspective you can bring to that. Yeah, so I kind of want to do this episode in two parts. And one is, first of all, talking about why you should still do nano if yes. this, if if what we're talking about here describes you mm-hmm. and why it's not selfish to mm-hmm. do that, you know, because it can be difficult when you are a caregiver. Often the person or people that you're caring for are number one, you know, yeah. and you often find yourself putting putting those people ahead of your own needs and your own time. Um, mm-hmm. And that's normal. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah, that's not something to feel bad about. It's something you can be proud of often. Yeah, but that in itself should not be the reason that you don't do something like NaNoWriMo. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that we talk about that because that's, I think, the most important part. So first we'll, first we'll talk about that. We'll make sure everyone feels empowered <laughs> to do NaNo Great. regardless of their obligations and responsibilities. Um, and then we can get into some tips about, you know, how to kind of juggle more things um, in November. So let's talk about uh, kids. <laughs> kids. I don't have them. That's yeah. You do. I have one. Yeah, I, you have, I have one. one. I was um, one. That That is true. I've been told. <laughs> I don't have as many memories as I feel like I should, but... <laughs> hmm, well, yeah. th- maybe we'll do a different episode about okay. that. Um, I just want to preface this episode by saying kids are awesome. I love my son. Yeah. I love my friend's kids. I feel like most people who have kids love their kids. They're pretty decent, I'd I'd say. Yeah, they're cool. And that, at the end of the day, kids are worth it. Um, It can also be extremely challenging. (laughs) Yeah. In many ways. Not just in NaNoWriMo-related ways. Because kids 
take up time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the nice thing is that like very few people look back on really any time spent with kids um and like regret it you know no one looks back and is like i shouldn't have spent that time playing with my child like i mean maybe aunt petunia but that's about it sure yeah Yeah. it's you know it's rewarding it's it's like it's special in itself but it does take a lot of time and it especially when you've got a three-month-old sometimes that's time that you're just like you know, looking at a little like potato in a onesie. At yeah, you're five not really playing with them right. at three it's months like, old. Like you are, be, yeah, yeah, you are potato uh, babysitting. Yeah, you're potato sitting basically. Yeah. So I, I just want to say that you know, while you obviously love and cherish your children, or you know your elderly family member that you're, yeah, that you're any looking at her, person that you are caregiving for, generally. You tend to care about. Yes. It is also okay to acknowledge that these kinds of relationships and, and like, responsibilities can zap your energy, Mm -hmm. your resources, and your free time. There is a significantly large amount of free time that I no longer have now that I am, you know, in charge of a toddler. Yeah. One thing that, um, and I, I frequent some workplace blogs and there's always this conversation where some people are like, well, if people had kids, they chose that and blah, blah. But like, I I do want to bring up too, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, some probably chose to be caregivers and some probably didn't. Like, that's the thing about being either a parent or a caregiver is sometimes that's not something you plan for or choose. And so you can't just, you know, feel like, oh, well, I chose to be a parent. So that means I have to choose to give up this thing. Like, I think in general, taking that element out of it could be very helpful. Yeah. Well, and also (laughs) there's a difference between choosing to be a parent and choosing to like never complain about the fact that, you know, like we're playing on hard mode. So I think it's so important as a caregiver and especially as a parent to be a whole person and to still do the things that you love and that make you happy. And that, you know, that in itself is really healthy and important for you Mm -hmm. to show your children, you know, like it's... Personally, I want my son to look at me and say, you know, oh, my mom has these projects that she mm-hmm. loves to do and that she works hard at. Um, and, you know, her entire life isn't just about me. You know, I want him to be proud of me. I want him to think that I do interesting things. And yeah. I think that in the long run, even if it means I'll have a little less time to play with him in November, I think it's going to be a better thing for him overall. Yeah. And when he's like 16, he will be very, very, very glad that he doesn't have to hang out with you in November. He has like a whole month where he can just go and do whatever he wants. So wow, or thanks, he'll buddy. or when he's sixteen, maybe he'll be doing it too. We don't know exactly. We'll actually get to that later because okay. I think um, if your family has any interest in writing, there are ways that you can get them involved in what you're doing as well. But we'll get to that. Um, basically, like if if you have less time and you're tired, writing can be difficult. If you feel like you're always putting yourself second, it can be hard to sort of empower yourself to set that time aside for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, we, even on this podcast, talk a lot about, you know, like scheduling, like writing dates with yourself on your calendar and like getting up early, writing, like finding your pockets of time. That's a lot harder when there's people relying on you, but you should still do it. Absolutely. Because the thing is, is if you get so burnt out and can't keep yourself to be a full person then you won't be able to give the type of like love and care you actually need to 
to give the people in your family and around you in your life. Exactly. Because you don't want to be resentful. That, no. You know, because that, that's not good for anyone. No, not at all. Um, so I would say the first thing that I want to make sure that people understand is that, you know, We've talked a lot about how difficult it can be to find that alone time, to find that time that you can actually focus on writing. Um, The most important thing is don't spend any of that precious time that you do have feeling guilty. Yeah, that's such a good point. Oh my gosh, what what a good takeaway. This is not the month for mom guilt, for dad guilt, for parent guilt for caregiver guilt, for any of the guilt that I feel like society tends to make us feel by not having our perfectly curated Montessori homes and all of that. (laughs) Like, just don't think about that. If your kid's in bed, if if they're playing with, you know, your partner, if they're playing with their siblings, if they're watching a movie, like, screen time is as long as they're sometimes. safe, yeah, and and you know being taken care of and, and watched in some way, then that then they're good. Yeah, then I, that time's for you, Christina. I can hear a bunch of listeners in in my head saying, like, basically, okay, great. You say don't feel guilty. How? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we, I guess we've been working on this as people, all, right? All I can do is implore you to like try to block out the noise at least in November I mean I feel mom guilt too I'm gonna feel it in November I'm gonna feel it other points in my life I just want to remind people that it is okay to take that time for yourself do not worry about things like you know I sat my kid down with a movie so I could get some writing in like I watched a ton of TV as a kid. I'm oh yeah, fine. I watched so much good TV, and I think my <laughs> my my idea potentially for people is if you feel like you're going to feel guilty, have good conversations with your partners and other caregivers that you like work with, or even the person you're giving care to mm-hmm. before November, and yeah. lay out expectations. Make sure that you're not going to feel guilty because usually when something's when there's guilt, it's because there's something maybe unsaid or untaken care of and and don't let that happen be honest about the time you may use ask for support and then don't feel like you're hiding something or doing something in secret for yourself be very proud of it that's actually a really good point and something that i that i wanted to bring up obviously a three-month-old isn't going to understand writing a novel but if your kids are old enough to talk to them about what you're doing explain it to them yeah. you know like they come home with fun projects you know from school that they're excited to tell you about yes this is the same kind of thing explain to them you know like I am doing this project in November it means a lot to me mm-hmm. you know tell them about your plot if they if they're into that kind of thing like if they if they care and you know get them excited for you get them like asking you questions about what you're doing and I think it'll it'll be easier for you to explain to them you know why you need to like go in your office or or whatever it is when you need to take that time for writing yeah I mean I tried to get Max to say NaNoWriMo and he said no so I just need to get him to say nah and Rymo and we're there exactly he just doesn't like being prompted to say things okay also before we get too deep into tips one of the things that I want to also stress I know I'm giving a lot of rules in this episode oh sure yeah you know, a lot of times we talk about, you know, some people write like early in the morning, some mm-hmm. people write late at night. Um, it seems like the obvious thing to do is write when your kids are sleeping or whoever you're caring for is sleeping. I want to be careful in how I 
suggest that because I don't think, especially for parents and especially for newer parents, mm-hmm. Don't just sacrifice your sleep to get your novel written because you you need your sleep more than ever, especially. Yeah, that's a great point. Especially in this like season of your life and then doubly especially because you're doing something yeah. so kind of mentally taxing in yeah. November. So It's actually like a health risk to right. not get enough sleep and you're already right. on that edge. And you're already juggling so many like household management, like kid things, meals and all of that. Try to find ways to write. I mean, if you're already waking up earlier, you're already a night owl. Great. Like use that time. Mm-hmm. But if you would be sleeping in that time normally, tr- see if you can find another way. Yeah, I would challenge you to try and keep the same amount of sleep you would yes. be keeping yes. if you're a new parent uh, because again I just don't want to encourage anyone to do something that's dangerous right because sleep deprivation is tough I mean they yeah. they do say that parents uh like new parents don't kind of get out of the sleep deprivation stage for like seven years oh <laughs> so you're at uh, years. you're at two sevenths of yeah okay well I mean yeah but we're talking about the like truly I mean at least like max sleep well I'm saying don't make it worse okay yeah you're already probably sleep deprived to some extent don't make it worse for nano there's other ways there's other hours in the day that you can probably Mm -hmm. work with um the other thing is like be realistic about what you can do I'm, i'm trying to make this episode as inclusive for all caregivers as possible but there's a huge difference between writing with a three month old and writing with like a 15 year old you know um it's it's okay to like here's here's what i'll say having kids and and being in charge of the care of another person is not a reason to not do nano as a Mm -hmm. double negative like that shouldn't be your reason that you don't try nano it might be the reason that you don't win but Mm -hmm. that's okay because what we're trying to get you to do here is try yeah just start it yeah that's what is important is start building those habits is to start thinking about what it would look like for you to build writing into your life because i think you know it took me a little while well i guess it took me exactly three to four months because of nano but like in general it took me a while to kind of fit my own personal hobbies back into my life Mm -hmm. after having a, a baby um but you can't like wait 18 years to like start to do the things you want to do again so the earlier you start trying to fit that into your life the better i mean obviously it won't always be at the rate of NaNoWriMo but it's still gonna it's still gonna like help you to find that time for yourself in the long run, the Mm -hmm. earlier you start trying to fit those things in. I think honestly, though, since you've been doing nano for so long, it's already enmeshed in your life. And I do wonder if you have any thoughts or tips for someone who's like just starting and maybe hasn't already, you know, gotten a way to weave it into their life as a parent. One of the things that I'll say, and I don't know, this might, there might be a knee jerk reaction to this from some people, but if you're a new parent, especially, um, or know you're going to be really busy with Mm -hmm. caregiving tasks over the course of the month, try being a planner. (laughs) Because (laughs) I think a little prep actually can go a long way. Um, Because I don't know, I I think like a lot of people think that to do good writing, you really have to get into like a flow. You got to have like, oh, it's like if I don't have 30 minutes or an hour, I might as well just not start. Mm -hmm. When you're a parent or in charge of another person's life, you might only get to write in like five, 10, 15 minute chunks. And if you have to spend five, 10 or 15 minutes, like thinking about what you want to write to be inspired, you might not actually get any words down. So if you have a little bit more of a plan from the get-go, it's going to be easier to utilize those smaller opportunities that you have to get words down. 
Yeah. And I know we talk about writing very much as like stretching a muscle, like working out. And like when you don't, I mean, unless you're me, you don't only work out when you're inspired to work out. Usually people are successful at um, at physical activity. Again, not me. Hypothetically. Uh, hypothetically. I, don't, I, don't I assume <laughs> we'll just like run every morning. It's not like, oh, I, I, I feel so inspired to run. It's like, no, you, you sort of get used to adding it into your time. Yeah. I would also say, you know, like if you are someone who's constantly running, around to like appointments or Mm -hmm. or like after school activities or whatever um maybe be okay with writing on your phone a little bit like yeah or like voice memos yeah like you don't have to write your whole novel obviously on your phone but if you have like if you have your your file on your computer but then you also have like a notes file on your phone and then you can transfer things over Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of writing that way um and it's like you know maybe you're just like waiting in the car or like sitting at your kid's swimming lessons or um you know in line at the pharmacy or whatever like you can actually get a surprising amount done if you're okay like I don't know it's like you kind of have to make some sacrifices in November in general and like being able to write in your like comfy chair on your laptop in your cozy socks with the right music is one of your sacrifices. That's you know? very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would say another one is you really, you really got to look at what balls can be dropped. What chores or routines can you potentially outsource? Can your partner or your kids actually mm-hmm. take on a little bit more responsibility in November? Or a best friend can babysit. Exactly. Can you have your partner take over a few things? Could you even hire a professional? If you normally clean your whole house, could you like reward yourself by paying a cleaner to come clean your house in November? Mm-hmm. Or could you just like let some things go? You know, yeah, like, like your grass doesn't need to be mown moan mode Mode. (laughs) you know like you you can have some dishes pile up you can have some dust on the floor I actually saw a picture on Facebook earlier today of a parent friend of mine who has two kids now and they've just stopped folding clothes entirely they have this like communal clothing pile I love it that's all clean but it's like when they want to get their clothes they just go rummage through the pile and find something that they want and it doesn't really matter they're (laughs) kids it does it's not like they need to have a press shirt for their interview exactly yeah yeah so I think all of those are um just little things that sometimes we feel the pressure to always maintain a perfect Mm -hmm. home and like it really doesn't matter if your toddler's leggings are folded and you gotta just like be okay saying no to things too you know Mm -hmm. like that's that goes for everyone but you know maybe you can't bake cupcakes for your kids like yeah parents get a lot of pressure from school too it's like oh you're gonna be this terrible parent if you don't like participate in the bake sale and it's like or like why do you have your bake sale in november anyway that's a stupid month for a bake sale (laughs) i don't know have it in the spring (laughs) so uh yeah i'm gonna be a great parent of term one (laughs) um another thing that i will say is uh organizing play dates uh specifically at Mm -hmm. other people's houses um, if you can arrange for your kid to go play at, you know, the neighbor's house or a school friend's house, you can always return the favor in yeah. like December. Sleepovers <laughs> at, at their best friend's house for exactly. the whole weekend. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> if you've got friends, if you if your kid has friends good enough to let you have them stay the weekend, great. Do it. They could also go spend a weekend with the grandparents yeah. or, you know, whatever. Max um, loves staying at his grandparents' house. 
Yes, exactly. Um, and then for younger kids, you know, specifically like a three month old baby wearing, like sometimes your kid's just going to be up, but again, yeah. they don't do much when they're that young. So like I've got a picture of myself from my first Nana with Max and I've got my laptop stacked up on some boxes. So it's up at standing height and I've got him in a baby carrier and he's like half asleep and I'm just like, Getting my words in. Like, chill. Well, and I think that reminds me of that whole story that was going around about the, like, in some countries, in, like, the Nordic countries, they'll have the baby take, like, the outside naps, and they'll (laughs) just leave them in the stroller. And that does make me think that, like, we are coming from a pretty, like, U.S.-centric perspective of what it means to be a parent. And so Mm -hmm. that's one aspect of it. And I think we could potentially learn things from other cultures um, in parenting. Yeah, probably don't just stick your kid outside to get your writing done. No, this is is a very specific safe cultural uh, touch point. But yes, I, I think in general, in the United States, there's specifically so much pressure on parents. I think despite the fact that we are trying to be inclusive, I think there's extra pressure on mothers mm-hmm. and so like looking at the ways that you know people in other countries potentially approach uh like their independence within child rearing mm-hmm. is interesting yeah definitely i know i talked touched on screen time earlier but yeah. like weekend movie sessions like where you're present with your children while they're watching yeah, something. a movie you've seen a bunch but like then a you're Disney. like yeah you're like sitting over and you're just here. Wa- typing while they watch yeah. exactly sounds so, good to me totally and then i was gonna say um meal prep or easy meals like i don't mm. know like i mean ob- meals obviously we're like running out of time before november here and actually, this episode, I think, comes out in November. But it does. maybe next year, you can cook some of your meals in October and throw them in the freezer so you don't have to worry about, you know, cooking. Yeah. Also, this is, I mean, depending on your level of, like, sustainability, but, like, I don't know, use paper plates for a yeah. few nights Get so you don't have to do on dishes. The weekends or, yeah, there's... There's ways that you can, that's sort of like some people may consider dropping the ball for others. That may be the normal. Yeah. But there's ways about it. Also, thinking about putting on movies for kids just reminded me of the one time I had lice and my mom set me outside on a chair and closed the screen door, but then put on The Lion King on the other side so I could like still watch it when I was like <laughs> four or five. And so I just like watched The Lion King from outside, sadly. I don't, that has nothing to do with anything. That's but. such a like. I feel like that was like a COVID, like there were a lot of families that did that with like their family member who was like exposed to COVID. Yeah, go anyway. sit outside and watch The Lion King. Yeah, this is not relevant. I'm just telling you as a person. Anyway, that was pretty much all I've got for this episode. I mm-hmm. feel like, yeah, it's a tough, I mean, I'll be honest, it's, it's a, you're doing it on hard mode. It's a tough thing to attempt when you have other responsibilities that you need to juggle. I mean, that's true of everyone you know this Mm -hmm. is I feel like we could do this exact same kind of episode for being in school we could do this exact same kind of episode for traveling or like working a full-time job being neurodivergent being chronically ill there's like so many things that I think can make it harder so this this is just like a specific flavor of yes NaNoWriMo that Christina has experience with exactly so I think we will probably do some of these other episodes in the future but hopefully this was relevant to anyone who has themselves sees themselves in a you know a caregiving role in November um, or for people who just you know need some more strategies for how to fit writing into their daily life well Christina before we wrap it up though I know you mentioned something about how to potentially get young 
people in your life like kids into writing oh yes so I was thank you um I think you know if your kids are old enough to be able to actually craft a story yeah um I think there's a few different ways that you can approach this I mean there's obviously the young writers program so there is a version of NaNoWriMo meant specifically for younger children that they can get involved with that you can you know show them and you can kind of do it together if your kid is a little younger or maybe not actually interested in like writing a full novel there are other ways that you could get them involved you know like you could have them dictate to you like a sentence a day (laughs) or have them draw illustrations for your novel just thinking that you know other fun ways that you have them like design you a cover You could even read sections of your story to your kids. Um, I think there's a lot of ways that you can make this kind of like a family affair and include them in the project. It could also be like, this is family quiet time for some young people where it's like they read and maybe your partner does their craft and you write and it's an hour of family quiet time. I really like that where it's like, you don't have to do the thing that I'm doing, but let's all pick a project that you know, matters to us and we'll all work on it together. And you can even like kind of show off your progress afterwards. It's like a little mini like familial writing group. Yeah. Or like, I guess, hobby group. Hobby group. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, Yeah. That's, that's all I got. If you're, uh, if you are attempting NaNoWriMo with children, good luck. Good luck. And, uh. But like not in a sarcastic way. No. Like, legitimately. We're proud of you. Good luck. But also like, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) She can say that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I was saying that to the audience, but I guess I was also saying it to you because you were listening. (laughs) Right. You were looking at me. Hey, Christina, do you know what time it is? It's end of the episode time. What do we say here again? Uh, We never remember, which is why this year I've scripted it. Oh, no wonder it seems easier this time. Have I mentioned how glad I am that you're a planner? Eh, once or twice. Anyway, how can our listeners reach us, Liz? Well, they can reach out to us on Twitter at HowToWinNano, where our gift game is really strong. Or they can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash HowToWinNano. We've got some neat perks and we really appreciate the support. Because it keeps the lights on. (laughs) They can also join our Discord server, which is full of absolutely delightful writers who listen to the show. It's got writerly discussion, invaluable writing sprints, and lots of silliness. It's my favorite. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, keep keep writing. writing. See, we do say it together. We do say it together. Right. I know. Get them out. Get them out. And it's like, I'm so. What will happen is I'll be on a phone call with my mom and all yawn, and then she'll yawn, mm-hmm. and then all yawn back, and it's just like a chain of never ending yawns. <laughs> Once okay. you start, you, you just can't stop. can't stop yawns like Pringles. <laughs>